and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Jarman Jeffrey. I'm a 27-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Her name is Brittany Ray. She's a 32-year-old artist and writer. She likes badass moms and long naps. She's on Twitter at Britannia, where she can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about her cat. Welcome to the first installment of our Season 3 spoiler sections. This is a series in four parts. If you've listened to all of our podcasts in their entirety, you're not missing anything by skipping this series. These are all things that you've heard before. You can re-listen for the fun of it if you want, though. I'm not the boss of you. The purpose of this series is for those people who may not be caught up who've been skipping the spoiler sections. We've compiled them here for your convenience so you don't have to go searching for them. You're welcome. Please be warned that from here on out, the whole series is fair game. So let's get started. This is the spoiler section for episode 301, A Tale of Two Cities featuring Drew. Y'all is great. All right, welcome to the spoilers section. Finally. All right. Um. So I guess we'll do the same storylines like skate spoilers, Jack spoilers, flashback spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. So spoilers. I like how we went straight to skate. It's the B storyline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Okay. Mister Friendly says that Kate is not his type, and it's because he's gay. Ah, yes, the only gay character on Lost, and he's a villain. Yeah. Yep. One of one of two references to a character being gay. Yeah, I feel so represented (laughs) (laughs) by Mr. Friendly. My next one was just that, like, imagine watching Carl grow up from a child. This is kind of like Ben, Ben stuff. Imagine watching Carl grow up from a child just to torture him because he wants to get with Alex. Yeah, it's toxic masculinity at its finest. Yeah, true. Like, he does make the point later that, like, the reason why he does this is because if Alex gets pregnant, she will die because pregnant women die on the island. But, like, still, just, like, birth control? Give her an IUD and walk away. Exactly. Like, you literally have, like, what is Juliet? She's a... Is she an obstetrician? Fertility doctor. Yeah, she's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? So you literally have someone whose expertise is that. I'm pretty sure she would also know how to stop that. Yeah. Yeah. What's the heck? What the heck? Should they not just be, like, giving out IUDs in your, like, welcome package? (laughs) My God! (laughs) But, like, my thing is that it's just, like, he has clearly, I mean, all these kids, the the teenagers are here. What? There's, like, Alex and Carl, and they're the only teenagers here, right? They're the only ones we see. So, like, it's, like, has Carl been here his whole life? And if so, you, like, look at that nine-year-old, and then he grows up, and you're, like, totally chill with, like, sticking him in room 23 and, like, putting him in a cage. And, like, I don't know. That's, like, rough. I mean, it's been. Yeah. It's been. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the dress that Kate is wearing is actually Alex's, and that's revealed next episode. Ew. We meet you. Someone, Ben took her clothes and put them on another woman. Yeah. And it was not in a nice way. Sure. That's weird. Next episode, she says, actually, it looks better on you, so you can have it. Oh, okay. So it's kind of nice. All right. Next scene. Okay. So, um, they must have knocked them out to get on the boats, because what, one thing that we don't know yet is that they're actually not on the right island. Oh, yeah! And so the fact that Carl is like... How how long of a walk is it to your to your camp? I'm like, bud, they're we're not on the same island. So Mike, like, obviously Carl knows which island he's on. Does he though? Yeah, because okay. he knows where the Hydra is. Okay, so he knows what island he's on. He must think that Sawyer's like camp and stuff is on this island. Yeah, probably. or else it doesn't make sense. So the reason why they had to knock them out was to get them on the boats, right? Because they had to take them across the like channel, I guess. When do we find out that they're on a different island? Episode three hundred four. Excuse me. 
does Carl, yeah, so does Carl not know that they're on the island? Are they all living on Hydra Island right now just to build the runway, I guess? Probably. Because that's what they're all working on. Um, yeah, Carl must think that the survivors live on Hydra or this doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Juliet shocks Sawyer and it's a meet cute. That is the funniest meet cute I have ever seen. She's just like, hey. Girl meets boy, boy meets girl. Girl. <laughs> yeah. Girl electrocutes boy. Girl tases boy. <laughs> boy convulses on the ground. <laughs> no! Um, in the commentary, Liz said that Sawyer is not Juliet's thing and that Jack is way more interesting to her. Oh my god, when was that? At the end of season three. Like, they, they shoot, they record the, um, the audio commentaries after every season. Oh my god. So at the end of season three, Juliet was like, oh yeah, Juliet, or uh, Liz was like, Juliet's not interested in Sawyer. Boy, I got news for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yet? He'll yeah. be, he, he's a different man soon, okay? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, Carl goes to room 23 after this, um, and we find him later this season there, which is where Walt was held for a while. Okay, so here's the thing. We know that Ben wants Carl in there because of the whole Alex thing. Mm -hmm. My main question is, like, we don't see Ben talk to Carl. We see Juliet and friendly with Carl. Why is everyone else complicit in Carl's incarceration? I guess because Ben told them to. Yeah, because Ben said so. Like, yeah. Like, that's all that we can possibly say, right? Because, like, what else? Well, because... I don't know. Because, like, there are all the moments from, like, season two of, like, Friendly going, yeah, we don't want him to find out about this, which is... Yeah, yes. Supposedly supposed to be Ben. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I guess he is, like, this, this, like, uh, boogeyman within the others now. Yep. It's just hard because, like, he's a kid. And, like, clearly they've all watched him grow up as well. And, like, they just have to listen to him. And, like, he got, like, full-on beat up. I feel bad for Carl. <laughs> I have, like, a really special place in my heart for Carl. And and for a while, like, there was this thing on Twitter where everyone was doing, like, those tears and stuff. You guys mm-hmm. remember that? There was, like, there was like a thing where it was, like, a tier maker, like, T-I-E-R, mm-hmm. right? And then you'd, like, put your favorite characters in, like, the tiers as to, like, if you liked them or didn't like them or whatever. And I put Alex and Carl in, like, my top tier. And everyone was like, huh? And I was like, what? I was like, is this a weird opinion? Do you guys not like Alex and Carl? I was like, huh? Probably because they're so minor. Carl especially. Yeah, I just love them. I I love their love. Alex, I would put in my my tier. I don't know about Carl. Yeah, yeah. It's just that, like, clearly they're willing to, like, go to such lengths to be with each other. Like, they really... I just love Alex and Carl. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I had for that storyline, so we can move on to Jax as long as everybody else doesn't have any more. But, um, why is Juliet sad when she's looking in the mirror? And listening to downtown. Like, clearly we know that she has been there for three, for three years, even though she was not supposed to be there for that long. And that Ben has been really weird towards her and she's not allowed to leave and, and everything. So, I don't know why it is, like, that day in particular that she's really sad or she's just sad every day or... Yeah, I think it's just one of those things if you yeah. think about it and it's like, oh, I'm sad now. <laughs> oh, I yeah. made myself sad. Uh Yeah. Um, Drew, do you want to talk a little bit more about Carrie and why it would be Juliet's favorite book? Yeah. Hey, I'll say again, I haven't read Carrie in a long time. Um, also, (laughs) but like, as I said, like so much of that book is like, um, Carrie not really fitting into like either world and being a bit of a freak as a result. Mm -hmm. A freak in quotation marks. Sure. But like that does like apply to Juliet of like, she's not an other and she's not necessarily an outsider. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so she doesn't fit cleanly into like either of those two worlds anymore, 
and she doesn't have any escape. Right, like in the way that like Friendly and like Danny and Goodwin and Ethan and stuff are clearly there of their own volition and mm-hmm. they're like have chosen to be on that island, she's trapped. Yeah. And like Juliet doesn't have the option of going nuclear and killing everyone at her prom, you know? Right. Yes. Like that is the, that is not an option available to her. But she likes the book because she's like, it's nice that you had the option, Carrie. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice that you got to live out your fantasies and murdering everyone around you. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. It's not really it for me. Yeah. Oh, no, another Stephen King reference? Ha 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 took me a minute. So the reason why Goodwin was sent is because of Juliet and he had a relationship with Juliet and Ben didn't like that. So that's the reason why Goodwin got sent and why Goodwin got murdered. Still to this day, not really sure why Ben sent Ethan because they had like a really, I mean, I guess they just had to like kind of make it make sense because they had already made Ethan into a person. But like in season five, we learned that Ben has known Ethan for Ethan's literal entire life and Ethan's the only a Dharma Initiative member that he brings over to the others and the hostels or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess that's just kind of something that they couldn't really foresee. But, like, maybe he just trusts Ethan extra or something? I don't know. But it's sad that Ethan dies because of it. I wonder if Ben feels bad. I don't think Ben feels bad. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he feels it. (laughs) Ben Ben is... I don't think... Yeah. Essentially a a sociopath at this point in the show. So I mean, he there are certain people that he he watches people like grow up from children, like Alex, who he obviously does feel bad about and bad things happen to her. And he's very, very serious about that. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of a mentor to Ethan for Ethan's entire life. So it's kind of hard for me to think that he wouldn't at least have some sort of soft spot for Ethan. I mean, OK, that's fair. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why does Ben close the door on Juliet when the water's rushing in? So here, here's here's my um my theory mm-hmm. basically is that Jack, if she, if he let Juliet come out, Jack would drown and die because even if he closed it, he wouldn't know how to like drain all the water out, mm-hmm. right? And so if he locks Juliet in there, she knows how to fix it and has a self preservation instinct, and she and Jack will have worked together to have like bonded or something. And she has to save... Jack cannot die here because Jack has to save Ben. Yeah. Right? So he can't just close... He has to close the door on both of them because if he leaves Jack in there alone, he'll die. Okay. And he needs Juliet in there so that To Jack tell him die. how to stop it? Yeah. That's my thought. Okay. So when you said self-preservation, I was like, yeah, I'm with you. In a roundabout way, for sure. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, it, it, so it's, like, basically in multiple, mm-hmm. it had multiple layers. Yeah. That makes sense. When Jack asks Juliet if they are the leftovers of the Dharma Initiative, only Ben and Ethan are, really. But then it's interesting because eventually, like, in the past, but, like, in their future, Juliet and Jack and Sawyer and Kate and everybody were all part of the Dharma Initiative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's really cool. Also, in Lostpedia, it said that Tom and Ben both do a very subtle namaste-style bow. Tom does it in the shower room when he tells Kate that she's not his type, and Ben does it at the very end when he tells Juliet that she did a good job. Um, So that's also a leftover of the Dharma Initiative, even though Tom was never part of it. Um, How did she get all of the info about him from the flame? The flame is where they get all the information. That was very confusing for a moment there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there <laughs> like, is a different flame. Like, what do you mean? I mean, yeah, but how? But it is unclear to me what they do to get clearance on stuff like this. I think Ben just has access to whatever he wants. 
Yeah, I just, like, don't know how, really. Magic. Um, Jacob's just like, yeah, you can have that one. Sure. <laughs> so when Jack asks if Sarah is okay and, like, happy and everything, and Juliet says that she is, in the season three finale, we see her, and she's pregnant, and so she's clearly, like, started her family and everything, and is really, I assume, happy, so. Happier. So that's good. Yeah. As for flashbacks, I only have one spoiler thought for the the flashbacks, just because... Like I said, Sarah has like four main episodes and this is the last one of them. One of the only other times we see her is in the season three finale. And it's when Jack goes to the hospital and she shows up because she's still listed as his emergency contact. Oh. So it's kind of like the same thing where he's stuck somewhere and she's the one who has to come and collect him. And I like that it's about her and that she's there for him, even though she's like, okay, bye. And he's like, hey, can you give me a ride home? And she's like, no. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's all I have, unless you guys wanted to talk about something else. No, I'm good, fam. Yeah, nothing I can think of. Okay, perfect. Well, Drew, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. It has been lovely. It has. Can you tell us one more time where we can follow you and where we can find your podcasts? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at the Drew Koenig, and my podcasts are on Stitcher and iTunes, and I think that's it. I should really check on that, actually. <laughs> Um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an extra at the end. You can follow both of us at The Aficionados, um, pretty much everywhere, mostly Twitter though. Like if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we'd really appreciate it because this is expensive. Consider helping us out on Patreon. And if you can't, check out shopbelux.com. The links are in the description and that's another way that you can help us out and get something really cool out of it. Mm, okay, love you. Bye. 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 See y'all. I'm a repo woman. This is the spoiler section for episode 302, The Glass Ballerina, featuring Britney's cousin, Jillian. Um, so Jillian is falling asleep, so she might not be as vocal during our spoiler section, but um, uh, I do have spoiler thoughts, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about them anyway. Um, so first of all, in the Hydra storyline, um, Ben remarks to Juliet, you never made me soup, which is echoing what Roger once told Ben when he was a child regarding his bringing sandwiches to the captive Saeed. That happens in season five. Uh, um, Roger says, you never brought me sandwiches. Shut up, Roger. <laughs> so there's that. When they say, oh no, they're going to find us when they have the boat, right? Yes, they're like, oh no, they might find us. <laughs> they actually might find out that there's a second island. <gasps> oh, oh yeah! That's what they're worried about. And Ben is like, I want that boat. Sir, you already have like a lot of means of transport. Yeah. I think you're probably okay. What did the hell did he need the boat for? Well, just to be a dick. Just, just so that they just don't to, have it. Yeah, you're right. Just yeah. to be a jerk. Mm -hmm. So they're building something. Um, and later, Juliet says that it's a runway for the aliens. It sure is. Um, it's definitely not for the aliens, but it is a runway. <laughs> it's a runway for Lapidus. Yeah. Uh, Ajira Flight 316 lands on it later. Um, and my thing is, like, why does, doesn't Jack get put to work? Because he needs to do Ben's surgery, so Wait, he's more why important. Why did they know that Jiro's going to fly in? They didn't, but they, they did needed it for some kind of transportation. Oh. Yeah, and then oh. it just happened to be there now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, Jack needs to do Ben's surgery, so he's real special. And um, just like 
they have Sawyer and Kate to make each other do what they need them to do. They have Sawyer and Kate for Jack. Yep. You know, even though, um, basically like they have Kate to make Jack do things. Exactly. It, but they don't have Jack to make Kate do things. They need Sawyer because Kate doesn't care as much about Jack as she does about Sawyer. Sorry. It's true. At least not right now. Yeah, I mean, it, they eventually end up together, so, yeah, like, it's yeah. fine, but whatever. However, like, does it count as a JN game if Jack dies and Kate lives on for many years later? Yeah, because they live together forever in the afterlife. And that's I guess that's true. That's game. true. Uh, ben says that he lived on the island all his life. Liar! No, you have it. You're a liar. Yeah. You were you were born in Portland. I mean, right? but he grew up most Oregon? of the time was, in no, his, on the island. Yeah, no, his mom gave birth in inside the road, right? Yeah, like near Portland, I think. I think so. I think you're right. Not in Portland. Oof. Yeah, not in Portland. Like just outside of Portland. Get it? Not in Portland. I get I'm it. Very glad to not be in Portland. About it. Robin gets it all. Benjamin Linus, do you say where you were born, sir? I'm pretty sure it's outside Portland, but it's really important for me to find out. <laughs> Ben came to the island a p- polite, quiet eight-year-old. <laughs> ben Lyons was born on December 19, 1964. Um, yeah, 32 miles outside of Portland, Oregon. Yeah. It's kind of funny that him and Jack were all both born in December. Yeah. Um, going into the storyline about the Elizabeth. So, um, Sun and Jin talk about how they never want to be apart from each other. And um, since Jin got back from the t- being with the Tailies at, in uh, season two, um, they've really hammered that home. Uh, that they never ever want to be apart, and then um, they spend a season and a half apart. Apart, like three years their time apart. Yep. Did Saeed know that Jin knew how to use a gun? I love this because in the season three finale, they need three people to stay behind who have like really good shots, and Jin and Saeed are two of the three people who stay behind. Who's the third? Bernard. I asked that in the middle of it. I was like, it's Bernard. Because, you see, he is a dentist, dentist. not Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. According to closed captioning, this is a fun fact on Lostpedia. According to closed captioning, Colleen tells Pickett, Danny, that Ben wants her to take the Galaga to get the sailboat from Sun, Saeed, and Jin. So the Galaga is the submarine. They named named the submarine Galaga? Yeah. That's hilarious. So um, they took the submarine. Okay. That's how they got around um, Saeed and Jin. Okay. Ooh, this is one that I found, that I got, that I picked out myself. Okay. Jin thinks that Sun died after bad things happening in a boat and she jumps off the boat, right? Season four finale, Sun believes that Jin is dead after, like, falling off a boat. Well, technically, like, I mean, he blew up, basically. Yeah. Oh my but God. he's not actually dead, so. They die in, in a, in a, in the, in the Galaga. Wait, no, never mind. Yep. They yeah. die, they die in a quote-unquote boat. In the water. I don't think, sorry, I don't think it's the Galaga, it's Charles Woodward's summer. Yeah, like, they die in the water. Yeah. Well, Jim was always associated with water, right? Yeah. Definitely. This is kind of like we, last episode we talked about how we only really had, like, four episodes of Sarah, like, with Jack. Um, yeah. And with Jay Lee, I feel like we only have two or three episodes with him, and I think this is also the last one, so there's not a lot of, like, spoilers to... Yeah grab from this oh um i think the yes the only one i have for the um uh flashbacks is just that um juliet tells Jin later about um son having cheated on him and it's one of my least favorite juliet moments and it's the main reason why i dislike her that was yeah that was on the line she tells him and it's super was not her place to tell and i really don't like it yeah how did she know um, she did an ultrasound on Sun, and oh, Sun yeah. told her, like, if, like, the date of conception was this, it was Jay Lee's, 
the date of conception was this, it's Jin's. Oh, so that means, like, God. her cheating on Jin was, like, recent enough. Like, when she was Sorry. like, let's run away to America, like, I guess, like, the Jay Lee's death happens, and then Jin comes home or whatever, and they're like, actually, let's actually do it. Because that's how close the date of conception yep. must be for her to be confused about that. Um, that's it. All right. So once again, Jillian, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for thank being here, bro. You. Um, you guys can see Jillian's social medias down in the description if you're looking for them. Um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I. It was an underscore at the end. You can follow both both of us at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, mostly Twitter. <laughs> and our Patreon is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. Yes. Die. That's it. That's it. That's it. We're done. Okay, love you. Bye. 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 My husband thinks we have to do as he says because he's the only one who knows how to say it. But he's wrong. This is the spoiler section for episode 303, Further Instructions featuring Joanna. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Hi, welcome to Spoilers. Oh my god, thank you for having me. Yeah, not a problem. Oh my god, it's a pleasure to be here. So I'm gonna first go into our flashback spoilers because I feel like that will be smaller. Cool, 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 cool. There might not be very many considering like this never comes back. Um, okay, um, I think I have one. Okay. <laughs> one flashback spoiler. Um, the point in which he doesn't load Eddie's gun. Mm-hmm. He loads his own gun, but doesn't load Eddie's. Not only does that remind me of Jack and Michael last season, but it also reminds me of the beginning of season four when um, Jack takes one of Locke's guns and full-on pulls the trigger to shoot Locke in the head. Oh, yeah! And Locke's like, that one doesn't have any freaking bullets in it, bro. Oh, my God, I didn't even think about that. So that 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 reminded me of that moment as well. It's, like, one of, like, the main... Like, I, just, I think about like that moment moments, a lot. Yeah. I think about that a lot. I have, like... A question like if I remember right Anthony Cooper has done some shady stuff right yeah mm-hmm. could like them choosing to look into John Locke also be related to his associations with Anthony Cooper so oh. yeah it like it could at this point Anthony Cooper is still like like he faked his death and like even though Locke knows that he's still alive, like I don't, I think that he's still like actively like dead. But then in Man from Tallahassee later this season, when we figure out like how Locke lost the use of his legs, it's because Anthony Cooper's like under a completely different name, and he has the son of his like wife because he's like gonna marry her, I think, his like fiance. Since he's like kind of onto him, he like full on has him killed. Oh. So, so he definitely has some sort of, like, pull in that way. Okay. I don't know if he would get involved with the police, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if he gets involved with the police, they might start looking into him, and then he'd be screwed. So I'm not sure, but I don't think I would put it past him to, like, continue messing up John's life, even after he helped him get all his money out from his bank account. 100%. My second thought was, like, like, it would have been really cool, because, like, that deleted scene of like Jen and Mike having been arrested. Yeah. Was cut. It would have been cool if they did around the same place as like Sawyer. And you'd have like seen him. Oh yeah, that would have been fun. Yeah, when Sawyer was in jail. 
Yeah, it would have been nice to have, like, some sort of connection to any other Any character. other part of the show. Yeah, yeah. So, Locke, with the, like, piece of paper that he's writing on at the beginning of the episode, it's, like, Sun in season six when um, she hits her head and can only speak Korean for a while, and she has to also write her stuff down. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of that plot line, but that's what it reminded me of. All right. So, Boone, the vision quest, etc. The island? Jacob? Jacob. It's not the man in black, because it's too helpful to be the man in black. Yeah, and it's not just Locke's brain, because like we said, he has a lot of information that he wouldn't have. So I'm inclined to think it's Jacob, because whenever Locke says, I need to talk to the island, or like, the island told me, it was a sacrifice that the island demanded, it's basically just saying Jacob, right? Exactly. I think. I also wonder... Like with the pharmacist enter part, if that's if that's Locke mm-hmm. behind also intervening, or if Jacob also knows about Locke's time compound. I think Jacob knows everything. I definitely think that could be Jacob. I I'm probably like leaning towards it being Jacob. Probably. That bumps me out so much. What that is Jacob? Yeah. Why? Because I think he's just he put he to- he spends so much of his time torturing Locke. You know, but that's the thing is that I think he's trying to help Locke. He's just misguided, and that's like yeah. almost worse. Yeah, yeah. I guess most of it's just Jacob, really. Um. So in the uh, vision, we see Claire, Charlie, and Aaron, and he says they will be fine for a while. Um. And the writers knew that Charlie was going to die at the end of this season. I assume so. That's kind of like that. And then also on Laspedia, it said that during the airport scene, Sawyer can be heard saying, wipe the stars out of your eyes, sweetheart. This audio was taken from next episode, Every Man for Himself, during a conversation with Kate. That's interesting. Um, So that is also interesting that not only is this, well, I, I wonder this is, hmm, I think this episode is probably happening concurrently. Oh, it's definitely happening concurrently with like the first two episodes. Yeah. So if that's true, then this is like the future like, Sawyer says that in the future. <gasps> oh. So, yeah. I don't know. That's kind of weird. <laughs> I don't really know how to make sense of that. But I, I guess it's just the fact that it must be Jacob. Don't know what to do with any of that. It would be interesting to see if next episode, if it's something specifically, specific that sparks Sawyer to say that. And it could be something that's like Jacob put in there for him to say. Right. Let me see if I can find it here. I don't know when in the episode it is, so I might have to... Yeah, here it is. Um, Sawyer gets uh, electrocuted. Um, He says, yeah, I felt the jolt. I can take it. The other guy, he ain't going to be ready for it. What do you think? I'm crazy. Kate says, no, I'm actually impressed. Sawyer says, well, wipe the stars out of your eyes, sweetheart, because we're going to do this. Kate says, what about Jack? And he says, what about him? We don't even know if he's here. We don't even know if he's alive. We got to take care of us. It's every man for himself, Freckles. So we know already that he, so we already know that they do the thing next. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the context for that. Um, There's so much good um, skate stuff in, or uh, yeah, no, it's skate. Yeah, uh, skate stuff in this like early like season. It really is. It's good stuff. I'm really happy for you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I was like so <laughs> like last episode when you and Jillian were just like talking about Suliet and like not even listening to my skate things. I was like, no, I understand. But after like after this skate is over. So please let me just talk about skate. I know. I'm sorry. I was like, it's going to be over soon. And this okay. is the only time I have the opportunity to talk about it. Bruh. You can pop off next episode. Thank you so much. I hope that Lindsay doesn't. I don't know what Lindsay shifts. Lindsay just loves everything to do with Sawyer, so it doesn't matter. So the next thing that I had was just that Locke says bad things happen to people who hang around.
on me. Obviously, Charlie dies at the end of the season, like I said before. No. I swear, when I watched that for the first time, I cried for four days. Just uh, you're valid. I yeah. still I still can't believe that like I watched that scene of like uh Charlie and I didn't believe Charlie had died. Mm-hmm. So I did not cry. Oh wow. Oh and I kept waiting for him to come back. Oh my gosh. <gasps> no. Because because the thing is, I did not know the flash sideways were a thing. Mm-hmm. So, and if you watch Kebby from the Kebby modern AU videos, videos I'm with you. on YouTube, there's always the Desmond in the bar. They talk about what happened. So I was 100% sure that Charlie was going to come back and that he was not dead. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God, misled by fan videos is yeah. the worst thing <laughs> and it is so real. So like only yeah. in season six that I start like think, wait, is Charlie actually dead? Oh, so, yeah. oh I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, so we see the um, Dharma Initiative staff members dead in the polar bear cave. And um, on Lostpedia, it's kind of assumed that the people in the Pearl lived through the Purge. The Purge is when, like, Ben with the others, like, killed everybody, basically. The Purge is a film series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so they say that probably everyone was killed in the Purge, uh, but not, like, Radzinski, obviously, because he was in the the Swan. And not the people in the Pearl, because they obviously, like, weren't in Dharmaville at that time. So... People say that they were likely killed after the bears escaped during the purge. So the bears escaped after the purge, came and found the Pearl members and killed them. Okay. Is basically what is like known to have happened. Hurley thinks Desmond will get superpowers. Desmond gets superpowers. That's the next one. He can see the future. Yeah. That's what that is. Um, oh, and then the next one was just about um, Locke talking to Echo. And if that was a vision or Jacob speaking through Echo, um, I think that it was probably, I, I'm inclined to think it was Jacob. I think it was Jacob. Yeah. I 100% think that was Jacob. Whether Echo, like, actually woke up and spoke or not, I think that Jacob could have made him do that and or given Locke the vision either way. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it matters. I think you're right. Um, And that's it. That's all I got. This was a super fun episode to talk about. It was a fun episode. Even though it's, like, a kind of a weird episode, um, I still thought that, you know, we had some really valuable thoughts and I had a really great time talking about it with you guys. Same. I was thinking, like, about the, the vision the vision that uh, Locke has air- of the airport. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, when we're talking, like, about early and early being this, this idea of him helping others, but him also not being a leader, it kind of, like, goes into, like, the end of the show. Where yes. It ends with him helping people, but him mm-hmm. for everyone and going to one who, who runs is easy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That was the thing that like I was like bursting to say at the time. I was like, it's because they're all protectors of the island. Yeah. They didn't know at that time. I was like, if they had known that they were going to do that, I wonder if they would have made him like CEO of the airport or something. Oh my God, that would have been cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would have been so cool. Yeah. Like to have made sense with already knowing that like is he has won the lottery. Yeah. So making him the CEO would have not been that strange. Right, yeah, true. And still, like, in that vision, also, like, the fact that Desmond is shown as a pilot. Mm-hmm. Pilot, like, all moving everywhere. Yeah, true. It, like, represents Desmond, who can figure out what to do, and is always, like, moving, changing jobs. Like, even when he settles down with Penny, he settles down in a boat, which is also not in the same place. Yes. So yeah. I think that's also... Yeah, I like that. Hey. Another thing I wrote was about like sharp people who are supposed to be like bad luck, like 
Locke and Early, and then yeah. and then you end up also having him hanging out with Desmond, who just keeps singing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's gonna happen, and you don't think about like how Locke said that because it doesn't happen until like halfway through the season when he starts like seeing him die. So you like don't even think about it until you like rewatch the season and you're like, oh crap! Like it's it, it started even then. Yeah. And and like when you were talking about like the dar the. We're talking about the toy that, like, Locke found the cages. Yeah. And you said you loved the theory that it was yeah. a toy. And I was thinking, like, if if for the, there were kids in the island who could have played around the cages and, like, kids let toys yes. go into the cages. And if the purge then happened and then the toy ends up being the bear and the bear takes it away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like let's make it. Let's make um, the bear the main character, and the bear's just like, I miss my tiny child friend. I'm gonna bring this as a memento. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be so weird. My last spoiler thought was like when we're talking about like Desmond vision, mm-hmm. and we're talking about like Desmond was not even listening to the speech, right? But like, if he listened before in his vision, he like. In the future, he'll try to change his going up to the plate speaking. That's possible. Oh, yeah. I guess, yeah, because... I mean, at first I was like, no, because um, he doesn't, like, know that they're visions yet. You know, like, later he knows that they're, they're visions of the future. But now it's like, since he doesn't he doesn't know right now, I still wonder if... He's like, I've already seen the speech. You know, <laughs> he's like, I don't need to see it again. I'm good, thank you. That's all I have. Cool. Thanks. That was those were good insights. Yeah. Hey guys, before I end the podcast, you know what I remembered? Um, this is in regards to uh, Locke's name being Jonathan on his gun paperwork. I remembered in season four in Cabin Fever when we see um, Emily giving birth. She was in a like car accident and then she had to give birth to John prematurely, and she yelled name him John, name him John. Like, she didn't say name him Jonathan. I just remembered that. It's interesting. Well, I mean, heck, Joanna, thank you so much for joining us. You always have such, like, great things to add. Thank you for having me. It's always super fun. Yeah, and thank you always for your live tweets, too. I love them. Oh, they're so great. I'm glad you guys like it. It's always fun to, like, write as I listen, because I always, like, have Mm -hmm. thoughts, but also write. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you guys can follow uh, Joanna using um, the links that are in the description. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-U-I pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow both of us at The Aficionados all over the place, but mostly Twitter. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. Please consider uh, checking that out, um, especially before November to get cool stickers and stuff. And uh, I think that's uh, that's just about it. Yeah. So. So yeah, we will see you guys um, next month for um, the next episode with uh, Brittany's sister. I'm really excited to talk about it. It's going to be chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Love you. Bye. Okay, love you, bye. 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 So we're at Echo and Desmond. Are they off the mutant building structures as well? This is the spoiler section for episode 304, Every Man for Himself, featuring Brittany's sister, Lindsay. Welcome to this.
spoilers section. We finally get to talk about this show in the proper way. Yeah. So, um, the first couple things that I wanted to bring up was just, like, overall things that I found on Lostpedia. First of all, this is the first episode to reference Clementine Phillips, although Cassidy shows Sawyer a photo she has not seen in person until the season five episode, Whatever Happened, Happened. Aww. Um, and then lastly, well, at least for right now, this is- you're never gonna believe this. When I read this, I was like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. There's no way this is true. But it is. Okay. This is the last Sawyer-centric episode until season five, episode Le Fleur. That's not fair. There's no more Sawyer episodes this entire season. And then I was like, okay, well, that makes sense for season four because he's not one of the Oceanic Six. So, you know, they're mostly about the Oceanic Six because they're off-island and everything. So, like, I get that. But the fact that there was no Sawyer-centric episodes for the rest of this season, I was like, huh? That's very hurtful. But it's because we need to have, now we need to have Desmond-centric episodes, Juliet-centric episodes, and Ben-centric episodes. So there's just no time for Sawyer, I guess. And those are all really good episodes, too. They are, so I'll allow it. Okay, so I think that Sawyer becomes a himbo when he gets together with Juliet. I, kind of. Because that's when he becomes, like, the big leader, you know? Like, he's more, he's definitely smarter and, yeah, he's, like, nicer, but, like, he, you know, it's, like, himbos need to have, like, they need to be stupid and they need to be cute and nice and funny, you know? Like, they need to be, like, good and then also stupid, and I think that- You guys are really forgetting the word simp. (laughs) Yeah, we really are. So, like, now he's not really nice and he's not, and, but he's very smart. Okay, but he is a simp for Juliet. Sure. Yeah. So, he's, like, he's not nice and he's not stupid. And then when he gets to be with Juliet, he's nice, but he's still not stupid. So, he's All right, fair enough. Himbo. I'm okay. Sorry. I gotcha. He's a simbo. He's, he's a simbo. He's a simbo. He's a simbo. <laughs> he's a simbo. Oh, that's it. That's no, that's it. You got it. He's a Simbo. He's a Simbo. Yeah, that's it. No, Done. We don't need to move on. Like that that's that's it. <laughs> okay, so going into the spoiler sections for the um island storyline. Let's see what I can find here. Oh, um, Ben says that they're not killers. Ben is definitely a killer. Ben is a killer. He has killed many, many people. Ben is a killer. Yep. Thank you. Ben is um what you might call a dirty rotten liar. <laughs> Um, one of the things that Jack hears on the intercom is, you know what he's doing to Carl? So, later this season, it's revealed that Carl is in room 23, and Ben has, like, kept him as a prisoner in room 23, and basically, like, is, like, brainwashing him. Oh, poor Carl. So, it's interesting that the, some of the others are, like, not into it. I mean, I feel like I would not be into anything that Ben does. Mm -hmm. The x-rays that Jack sees are Ben's, and Ben is trying to get him to want to help him. And uh, were they planted? I think so. I'm still trying to decide. I understand. Well, I don't know because they rushed. They could have just done those yeah. and then and then they rushed in because they weren't expecting that woman to get shot. And like Ben's really upset at the fact that Jack is here. Like I don't know if yeah. I don't know if I don't know if he's like hmm. upset performatively. Like he's being like, you shouldn't have brought him here. Wink, wink. But we actually definitely wanted him here or whatever. You know, if he's just saying we don't want him here for Jack's benefit to like, I, like I don't know. It's. It's really... No, because, like, everyone seemed upset that that Jack was there. Yeah. Fair point. So, I don't know. Sawyer, like, insists that Kate leave him once she's out of his cage. And it reminded me of Jack later this season with the Kate Damn It Run scene. The iconic Kate Damn It Run. yeah. So, like, when you... When I was saying, like, I think Jack would be doing the exact same thing. And you were like, are you sure? I was like, I can't bring up Kate Damn It Run. Yep. But it's what I feel in my soul. Yep. Um, and then Kate also says that she doesn't actually love Sawyer and she just said that, but in a few episodes she says that she does love him, like, to his face in a moment of, like, intimacy. So, 
I think she does. Thanks. Yeah. Jack is being sat with Colleen for longer and Ben wants him to sit with him for longer so that he feels bad for Ben and wants to help him. I think. And it's like, really? That's your, that's your play? Juliet is a fertility doctor and says that she's not used to death. However, she is absolutely used to death. In DOC later this season, she tells Sun that she has lost nine patients. Oh my god! So she's used to death. She's a really bad fertility doctor. I mean, I think it's because the island is broken, but also, yeah, maybe do your job better, Juliet. Um, my meeting, I scheduled for PST, he scheduled for MST, it's in eight minutes. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay. My next question was how the polar bears got to the other island, because obviously they were being held here on Hydra Island, and we see them used for the donkey wheel later in season five, like, that's kind of talked about, but I'm not really sure how they got there other than that, um, because clearly they're there in the pilot. Okay, so moving on to flashbacks, um, Sawyer being the janitor, uh, reminds me of Jack in season five, when Sawyer's like, yeah, come on in, Jack, and then he's just like, okay, Jack, I signed you up to be a janitor. That <laughs> sucker. That's good stuff. Cassidy pressed charges on Sawyer for conning her, and later this season, we, it is revealed that Kate is the one who told her to do that. Once, when they're, like, friends. Yeah. Uh, one of the guards es- escorting Sawyer to the warden is next seen as a cop in the season six premiere, LAX Part One, who's taking Charlie off the plane. So, uh, some consistency there. Some job, weird job upgrade. Later, uh, when Sawyer jumps out of the helicopter, he asks Kate to make sure that Clementine is okay, um, which is the thing that he was going to do, like, when he got home from the island. Yeah. You know, like, he's clearly had, like, some sort of revelation about that. Um, and that's it! Yay! So, uh, Linny, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Linny. Thank you for having me. You guys can check out all of Linny's um, socials in the description. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And my shop, Shopylux. Yes, and uh, we are at The Aficionados all over the place. Our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Aficionados. And uh, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, we just rushed this because we realized we have things to do. So I have a bye. meeting. <laughs> okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Did you just kill that bunny? This is the spoiler section for episode 305, The Cost of Living, featuring Aaron. Alright, spoilers, spoilers, welcome to spoilers. Uh, I'm gonna go through these uh, pretty quickly, and I think I'm gonna start with um, all the stuff about Echo, because um, obviously Echo passes away this episode, and so there's not a whole lot of spoilers to talk about in that regard. Um, Listen, I mean, I guess we have to talk about our Man in Black related. Let's yeah, exactly. So this is definitely the Man in Black, uh, the vision of Yemi. I think that even, like, it's it's hard to decide. I can't remember what we decided in the question mark episode if, like, the dreams that he was getting were Jacob or MIB. Um, but the person here is definitely MIB, obviously, because we've got also the smoke monster, basically. Yeah. Right One of the uh, militia members loses his arm, um, which, like, losing body parts is, like, kind of another thing smaller theme on this show <laughs> um and it reminded me of montand losing his arm with uh danielle when, oh right yeah and then Jin like flashes through time and like just has like a gross arm <laughs> yeah so yeah 
this is a vision probably from MIB, um, but these people would not be visible to anybody else, unlike when he's inhabiting Yemi, in which people probably would be able to see him. Yeah, that was my question, is if had, if Locke had walked into the field, would he have been able to see MIB? Yeah, here's the thing. So that's I'm, I'm not sure, because like later down the line, like you um, explained, Aaron, that, um, you know, when the monster leaves and then Locke shows up is like total foreshadowing mm-hmm. for season five when MIB is the small or uh, MIB is mm-hmm. Locke, um, which there's no way they knew that they were doing <laughs> ahead of time. Like this is just a really coincidental thing. But like when um, MIB was Christian, especially in 105, he's like being creepy and like staring at Jack mm-hmm. and Kate couldn't see him. Mm. Oh, I don't think mm. so. Yeah. Um, That's a BFD. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then... I do think it's completely reasonable to assume, though, like, based off of, like, all of the crazy coincidences, you could be like, okay, so the the, the smoke monster is whatever that yeah. being mm-hmm. is. I agree. I have a question, though. Okay. Are the bodies that you see actually those bodies, though? And I'm only asking no. because even though they would be decomposed, there's, like, elements of them that kind of mm-hmm. still look... So, like, yeah, Yemi's, like, clothes, it seems. Yeah. And, and Christian's in the clothes that he's meant to like that he was he was buried in yeah he's in the shoes that he's buried in um but it's obviously not their actual bodies so it's like partially a memory i think okay a memory thing because mib also took christian's body it was also missing in 105 um but it's it's weird also because mib's body like in across the sea in season six his body stayed in the cave like where it actually that was my question Mm -hmm. is why does he take the bodies like if he's not going to use the bodies as literal zombie puppets Mm -hmm. why does he take the bodies does he think he has to like yeah yeah i I don't know i don't know the answer to that one because he can i i think it's because he can and i think it's the the thing about the this whole entity is the idea of of its power its capacity to Mm -hmm. be whatever it wants in order to get the job done if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I I think with this, I don't know, there, there's something like I, I feel like <laughs> as, as much as we want to put limitations on it and be like, okay, yeah, it can be this, but it can only be, I don't, yeah, I don't know that we can necessarily because it does fool so, like it fools everybody when it's locked. Do you know what I mean? It's so convincing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And like, it's very, oh my God, that's such a good point because, you know, the memories must be so good because, um, because like, you know, Echo believes that it's Yemi Mm -hmm. and Jack believes that it's his dad. However, um, I think that maybe it was a stealing a body thing. And then when they finally decided more concretely about what the MIB's like actual powers Mm. are, then he doesn't actually steal the body because in the season five finale, they pour out the box and Locke's body is sitting right there. Oh my god, though, duh! Even though Locke is inside killing, or like helping Ben kill Jacob at the exact same yep. time. And then that's when we get like MIB um, having like died kind of in the light of the island. And like it's still, like his body is still in the cave with mother's body. So like that's finally when they kind of decide exactly what MIB's powers mm-hmm. are. I think that I think that there's like no explanation here between those two things and I think that at this time it was he steals the bodies and at a later time it's that he doesn't steal the bodies and I think that's just how and I think we need to like leave room as fans for the fact that ultimately this story like any story when it's being created at length 
it, it needs room to evolve. Yeah, and exactly. I, and I think that's the thing is, you know, this is a this is this is a, a perfect example of that. You know, in the beginning, they're like, we know ultimately kind of the catalyst that we want this to be, and the kind of presence that the malevolent presence that we want it to be. But it was like, and you can really tell, I think, in the writing. It was something that the more the writers understood how to wrangle it, the the more nuanced its presence became yeah. in the story. Yep. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, like, as fans, it's important to give, like, a narrative place room to make those changes because as much as we want something to be perfectly planned out from the very beginning, that's not going to happen. No. Like, that's just not how humans create and that's not how humans are. We can't perfectly plan for anything. Exactly. And that improvisation in media is actually sometimes what elevates it, Mm. is working on the fly. Like, you know, you can plan out, you know, a a romance between two characters. If those two actors don't have chemistry, you have to change your whole game. You really do. So I like the improvisation. Like, I like that it's like, okay, well, they just didn't know what they were doing yet. Mm, Let's just move on, you know? Don't get stuck in the canon. Mm. Yeah, and and especially, like, with this death in particular, I think it was kind of a... Uh, okay what is what can we do that's meaningful and what's cool and doesn't necessarily work with what is going to happen later mm-hmm. um, because my next few questions were like why does MIB do this why is he hearing him out before he kills him why does MIB kill him why would MIB reveal that he's not his brother like uh, you know and I think that they just don't necessarily know exactly who MIB is at this time yep. they just think he's the smoke monster mm-hmm. and then they'll figure out why the smoke monster well, would do these sort of things later and it could be that they didn't even know that the smoke monster was a person at that point they could have just thought the smoke monster was a smoke monster and and takes over people's bodies and that's all they knew exactly exactly and i think but i think it also leaves it leaves room for the fact that somewhere in the shape of that entity even even at even at its early stages within the story you know before it was fully formed before you knew exactly what you were going to do to Mm -hmm. it there was a level of sentient intelligence uh, you know a level of it Mm -hmm. it had its own motivation its own desire mm-hmm. its its own capacity to evolve and understand and use and manipulate and all of that kind of stuff so essentially like i think the the word monster is an interesting one because it sort of suggests like just this this crazed beastness of like that it's it's dumb it only sort of has like one purpose that it works towards and it's 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 quite primal mm-hmm. yeah and that's just like instinct exactly instinct is exactly right whereas yeah. this, this has a very ironically human level of consideration and moves and it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a creature that you know it doesn't smash stuff up it plays chess it is literally playing right. chess yes. with these characters mm-hmm. and so that's yeah that's one of the things where i think you know we're only in that middle stage before they realize just how smart a chess player they could make this yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. So what did um, Echo mean by we're next? Did he mean you're next? Did he mean we're next? I guess ultimately it means you're next no matter which one he actually said. Um, but I'm not sure if that ever came to fruition other than the fact that like Locke is n- next. Not necessarily like next, but that it's upcoming for him that like Locke is going to be either taken over by the smoke monster or like Nikki and Paolo are next because they're like the next main characters to die or... Um, I think that there's a lot of ways to interpret your next. I think there is too, but I, I think, think it's also a power play. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Ooh, I yeah. think I think that's what it is. <laughs> I think it's genuinely a power play. Um, it was just like, what can I say to like, like what did the monster say that Echo can relay that would like scare? Absolutely. Them? Like this is this is. Uh, 
This is a creature that thinks ahead. And it's been, and you can mm-hmm. tell in the way that it interacts. Like, for example, just as much as it knows to come up behind Echo and psych him out, it also knows when to not appear before John Locke. Yeah. Yep. So it's thinking ahead. It's it's observing and it's knowing what these people are doing and it's tailoring its behaviour to suit. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what it's done. I think it's, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I and you're I, completely right. Yeah, I think that it's, it's interesting that it, it appears so different to Locke as well. Locke sees it as something positive and good and beautiful, which is the word that he used. And so I think that it uses, like, it sees Locke as more of a partner mm-hmm. than, and it saw Echo mm. as, like, a detriment. And so it sees Locke as a partner because, um, like, later, Locke doesn't die on the island. If Locke had died on the island, like, MIB or the Smoke Monster or whatever, maybe could have saved him. But he dies on the, like, off-island and there was nothing that the Smoke Monster could do. Mm. Yeah. I think that if there had been something that he could have done, he would have saved Locke because he sees Locke as a partner, potentially. Mm. And and Locke believes that. He believes that the Smoke Monster is part of the island and the island is, he has a special connection with the island. And, like, Locke's... Sorry, go ahead. No, that's what I was just going to say. Kind of in, in this, in the sense of what you're saying there, same recognizes same, and I yes. think there's something in the entity that recognized a similarity to itself, which is why it gave it made Locke perhaps feel more connected, more powerful, mm-hmm. but why it decided to attack echo the way it did because it didn't say it had a connection but it was a conflict and it saw an adversary yeah. and it didn't see mm-hmm. it's that's that's the big thing is that that the smoke monster and like the the entity it did not see itself in echo when he killed it it saw its opposite which is why it was determined to destroy it so thoroughly oh mm-hmm. i like that yeah so I only have a few uh, notes about the Locke storyline, but uh, once they're inside of the Pearl, um, I really love this scene because um, this scene comes back later this season in Exposé, um, which is the episode about Paolo and Nikki. And um, <laughs> Robin loves that episode. I really love that episode. I think it's so well written, even if it's just a one-off. Like the the um, the twist at the end is such a heart stopper. Yes. The twist at the end. I think that it makes me sick. I understand, like, if you're, like, watching the show for the first time and you watch Exposé and you're like, why am I doing this right now? Mm. Especially because it's week to week, so you're not binging it. Exactly. So it's it's like the lost sister from Stranger Things. You're just like, why am I wasting my time on this? Except at least there are other characters that you care about in the episode. Precisely. But, like, when you just look at the episode as a whole, it's so well written. Mm. Anyway, so Exposé, there's a scene um, where you see Paolo's... um, point of view in the scene in expose um and paolo goes into the bathroom because he has been in the pearl before and he stashed the diamonds inside <gasps> of the um like the tank mm. of the toilet wait so shut up that's genius yeah. so he goes down to the pearl with them and he's retrieving the diamonds and then he flushes it to basically be like oh, i was totally using the bathroom and the reason why later he's like okay can we just go it's because he has something <laughs> in his pants and he, <laughs> he has diamonds in his pants and he wants to leave and hide them somewhere else basically. that is that is hysterical mm. it's like it's such a fun thing for like to come back when you just like you watch this episode and you're like, yeah, okay. So he went to the bathroom. That's a funny moment, but it doesn't matter. And then later it turns out it mattered so much. and It was really important. Oh my God. 
I really love that. The, 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 this show is playing 3D chess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it absolutely is. And I think the thing as well is like in the same way, like you can see the characters being moved around as pieces. I think as the audience, we get so engrossed in it, we forget we're being moved around like chess pieces as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, because they're also, the writers are also playing the long game with the audience. Like they mm-hmm. they know what they're pulling you into. They know what they want you to feel. Like the the episode where um Paolo and Nikki are, are written out, like for me, because it's been ages actually since I'd, since I'd really watched Lost and it was only really in preparation for this that I kind of got back into it and I, I wanted to make sure I watched mm-hmm. it. But of all the episodes that really stuck with me, this was one of them. This was one of the ones that yeah. stuck with me the most because I remember those last scenes mm-hmm. of like oh, it's oh, crazy. Sawyer and Hurley and I'm just like, oh, guys, guys, you have no idea what you're doing. And then at the end they just like pat us in and they're like, bye, guys. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, um... In the Jack storyline, um, Juliet says that she hates funerals, mm. but she's been to a lot of them, and she probably the reason why she hates them is because she feels like it's her fault because um, the pregnant women keep mm. dying, and that's like the reason why she's here. It's like kind of her job to make sure that they are okay, and she fails, and that's probably why she hates. Um, Which is a reminder of yeah, that's bad why she things, hates it so much. and it's not her fault. Mm. Like it's no, it's, it's the island. Yes. it's not her. And then the person who brought Jack to the island was Jacob. Um, not to help Ben, but just in general, mm-hmm. because he needed him. Um, and that's something that MIB Locke brings up um, in season five, that like all of this happened, or maybe it was regular Locke. Either way, it was definitely Terry O'Quinn who said it. Um, but he said like, everybody else on this place gets healed. Mm-hmm. Like Locke yep. got healed, Rose got healed, you got cancer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Everyone else is their best self up mm-hmm. here, and except for you. So and like, that's like what part is it about reason, you that the island is punishing? And that's part of the reason why Ben is willing to kill Jacob. Mm, yeah. Because of that, because it's all Jacob's fault. And, you know, he says in, in the season five finale that like he has been doing so much in the name of Jacob when he, he doesn't even know him and why, mm. you know. And it, it, it's very clear. And I think that's why Ben's arc is so good is he has blind faith. In Jacob, mm-hmm. and Jacob literally turns around and says, "Fuck you," yeah, yeah. and is going to let him die because Ben doesn't understand that everyone on that island is a pawn to Jacob because Jacob lost his humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the next person who takes over has to have humanity. Hence, why it's Hurley, mm-hmm. yeah. and hence why he he needs like some kind of person who knows the island. And Ben has to repent for all the things that he did in Jacob's name by joining mm-hmm. Hurley. Yeah, and that's why I think that was a perfect ending for Ben. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's a it's a it's a phenomenal thing too, I think, when you think like the great irony is that of a character like Jacob that loses their humanity, the only way that they can find relevance and power is that they need the humanity of the people they manipulate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like you mm. know, to to me that's like in in the one thing they're 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 feeling so powerful, but the reality is is that they are absolutely they they can't exist. They you know, their their reason for being stops being the case when the people that they manipulate stop participating in the fairy tale. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hmm. 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 <laughs> Much to think about. <laughs> Jason? Anything to add before we uh before we do our last outro here? Just that you're both amazing and legends and I've had the best time. I was about to say oh, I love you. I that love you were you. that you were so good. <laughs> Uh, we thank you so much for joining us. Truly, uh, your insight was so 
awesome oh, and we you. really appreciate you coming on oh thank you anytime I have had so much fun so I would any anytime you need someone back to to be a Muppet on your on your podcast please I'm, I'm available <laughs> okay great I'll, I'll call you <laughs> she she genuinely <laughs> uh so if you guys want to follow Erin on Twitter, um, you can check out the description for uh, her handle. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Uh, you can follow both of us at The Aficionados um, on lots of different places, but mostly Twitter, TBH. Uh, and our Patreon is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because oof. It do be expensive. Uh, and also, if you um, join before November 16th, then you can get those really, really cool stickers that we designed. I think you guys are going to love them. I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. I'm so excited. We're putting in the order tonight. Yes. Yeah. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. No ketchup? This is the spoiler section for episode 306, I Do, featuring Angie. couple like it's mostly jacob that we have to talk about yeah. yeah um but here let me grab some let's see if i have any flashback spoilers first did we ever see nathan fillion again nope well <laughs> I, like, I, I gotta go do firefly now that that was what, what i was gonna ask is that before or after firefly when did when was firefly know. on because this was in 2006 this was aired I think Fire, this is probably after Fire, okay. Firefly, then. Let me look. Let's see. IMDb. That would be weird, though. Firefly. Firefly was 2002. So this yeah. is definitely after Firefly. Okay. So it's after. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I found it so funny to, to keep seeing, like, known faces on Lost. Yeah. Like, Kim and also the girl from Once, a, Once Upon a Time. Is that the name mm-hmm. of the yeah. show? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm missing someone. But yeah, it's oh, like, there's loads. There's a bunch of people that I like. Mm-hmm. Oh, that there he is. Oh, there she is. Yeah. It's, yep. It's yep. Cool. Or like Julie Bowen, even. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's so weird seeing her not being funny. Right. Exactly. Yeah. She's very serious, but yeah. she does such a good job. Yes. I like two hundred one is probably my favorite. Like Jack flashes of like the entire series and part and most of it is because of her yeah. because that's like when she gets in her accident and the part where she like hears him tell her how she's just going to be like paralyzed for the rest of her life mm-hmm. is like her face is anyway i love julie bowen i think she does a great job she does, <laughs> she does. um so i've got some uh flashback spoilers here um when kate is in the grocery store it reminds me of later in season five in The Little Prince. Um, she's in the grocery store with Aaron and she like loses him oh, yeah. in a grocery in the grocery oh, store. Yeah. And of course, that's at the point where she thinks that the lawyers are coming in and like trying to literally like take Aaron from her. Yeah. So she's like freaking out about it. And she thinks like this lady with blonde hair is like stealing him. And she's like, it's Claire. And it's like a whole thing. But also when she's like, what a baby me? I can't raise a baby. And of course, that yeah. is also like foreshadowing to um to Aaron as well then we've got 
her like pregnancy scare here, Kate has another pregnancy scare like on the island in this season due to this episode. Because she has sex with Sawyer this episode, she has like a pregnancy scare on the island oh, later. Yeah. I didn't remember that. Yeah. So let's see if I have anything to talk about in the really quick Locke storyline and the Echo stuff. Probably not. It was just such an odd little storyline. Yeah, I don't have anything for the Locke stuff, but I definitely have stuff for the on island stuff, on the Hydra Island stuff. Okay. Okay. Okay, let's see. Oh, um, okay, so Alex and Ben. Alex says, I want to talk to Ben. I want to talk to Ben. It's interesting that she doesn't call him dad. Has she ever called him dad, though? Yeah, she does. Yeah. Oh. Right before she dies, right? Yeah, she does. And then, like, later, I think, yeah, yeah, she definitely calls him dad sometimes. Hmm. And um, it's interesting that, you know, Danny is holding a gun to her, and Alex knows that he won't shoot her. And you're watching it, and you're thinking, okay, well, he knows... He's not going to shoot her because she's a kid and they're friends and they know each other or whatever. But he's actually not going to shoot her because she's Ben's daughter. She's Ben's kid. Yeah, in big trouble if he did that. Um, Oh, Kate tells Jack that they don't know what they're working on in the quarry and it's a runway. And uh, one of my favorite Juliet lines is when she says, it's a runway for the aliens. I genuinely, I repeated that line back to you while we were watching it. And um, it's not a runway for the aliens, but it definitely is helpful in season five when Ajira flight. Uh, 316 lands on it. Yep. Yep. Um, it's a runway for the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really cool tattoo. For the aliens. For the aliens. Yeah. I like that. Kate sleeps beside Sawyer and she's the little spoon. And then later in season five, when he's with Juliet, he's the little spoon. <laughs> That's wholesome. That's cute. The last thing that I have for this is just uh, about Jacob. And, um, you know, we obviously are going to talk a lot about Jacob this season and how. Ben's the only one who knows Jacob when in reality he isn't. But like the others think that Ben's the only one who can talk to Jacob and everything. Everyone's doing stuff in the name of, of Jacob. His highness. Yeah. And it's interesting that Danny says that Jack wasn't even on Jacob's list. So like, why should they even like pay what attention to Jack? What is he talking about? I, I think that the thing is that last episode um, in our spoiler section, we talked about how the man in black... Um, like his motives and like the rules that we know to be true about the man in black later don't really make sense in that episode. And I think this is another thing like that. They're just bringing in Jacob and they're just bringing in the man in black as a smoke monster now. And they don't necessarily know exactly like they know that they're that Jacob has a list, but they don't know what the list is for yet, I think. Okay. Okay. And I think that like ultimately Jack was on Jacob's list. Um, yeah obviously. And he always has been because we see him in the, uh, in the season five finale going to see Jack. And you know, when Jacob touches you, then you are basically like doomed to come to the Island or whatever. (laughs) But basically uh, I'm just wondering if maybe Ben changed Jacob's list or something. Like I think Richard's the one who gives Ben the lists because Richard's the only one who sees who like actually goes to see Jacob I think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah this just doesn't really make a lot of sense because Jack actually was on his list I think that maybe um Danny just is (laughs) ill-informed which would make sense because why would he need to know and speaking of Richard the first time that we see him in this series is next episode but yeah that's all I got for for spoilers uh this episode mostly just a lot of things happening in the moment yeah. Anything Anything to add, my friends, before we uh, wrap up here? Um, Not really. I don't think so. Okay, cool. I hate Taco Night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Angie, once again, thank you so much for joining us. It was really uh, lovely having you. Thank you, guys. It, it's a pleasure. Uh, thank you for being the first podcast I'm on. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fun. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, I, I was actually thinking with a friend to do one. So mm-hmm. it's a nice try. Now you have experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sort of. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming in uh, and uh, and pinch hitting for that because uh, we had someone drop out and I was like, okay, well, I really want someone who doesn't hate skate because there are a lot of people who really hate skate and I yeah. just, I wanted to have somebody to talk to who who wouldn't who would talk to me and be excited about it with me <laughs> basically. <laughs> I I I don't really ship anything on this show, yeah. but I really really enjoy Kate Kate uh, storyline. I think mm-hmm. she's she's an amazing character and so strong, but I don't know, she's she's really awesome and <laughs> actually she's the only Funko Pop uh, of Lost that I have. Oh yeah, I have her Funko Pop as well. I have all of them. I think that they, they just the, the the Funko Pops need to do another wave of Lost Pops because they, it was kind of messed up the fact that they they did they yeah. did one two three four five six seven of them and only one of them was a person of color and it was just yeah. it was Hurley yeah. and like where are Jin and Son Jin and Son Saeed yeah Desmond Charlie like it's just like so many so many characters yes. of the characters this show has such yes exactly this show has so much diversity and it's incredible and it was just such a weird choice if they had to make seven the fact that they did Jacob and MIB was like such a slap that in the face was weird <laughs> I hated that so yeah. that was super weird yeah yeah to be fully honest uh most of not no most of all of my phone calls are female characters so that's why that's only her. Mm-hmm. oh yeah that's that's a better decision to make anyway yeah <laughs> All right. Anyway, thank you for coming. And if you guys want to uh, follow Angie, you guys can check out what uh, her stuff is in the description. And um, my Twitter is Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. And it's like all over the place. And mine is Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. Um, you can follow us at The Aficionados uh, all over the place, but mostly Twitter. That's where most of our stuff goes. However, we posted our like stickers and our postcard on our Instagram. Um, and if you want to go get those postcards or the, a postcard and some stickers, um, it is free shipping. And uh, we would love to send you one. Yeah. Yeah. Also, our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Aficionados. Um, just if you'd like to help us out, it would be really great. Um, you get early access to all of the podcasts. And if you're a Patreon, you already know that because you're like, I've already listened to this podcast a week ago. <laughs> okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Love you, bye. And how was your day, honey? This is the spoiler section for episode 307, Not in Portland, featuring Maria. Okay, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Oh wait, that's not our spoiler section song anymore. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's do some spoilies, shall we? Um, first of all, in the episode fun facts, I had this is the first episode that does not feature any scenes in the main island. This only happens two times, and the only other one is happily ever after in season six, because um, everything happens on the Hydra Island. That's insane. Is that the Hurley episode? Uh, no, it's Desmond. 
Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, because he's like on Hydra Island because he's getting like electrocuted and stuff, I think. Okay. Okay, so spoilers. Do you guys want to do flashback spoilers? Let's do flashback spoilers first. Okay. Why do I have so much to feels say about Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. What do I have for... Oh, yeah. It feels like uh, her hair, it goes curly again when she goes to the beach. And so I was like, is she straightening her hair? Do we think that like Ben wants her hair straight for some reason? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, because of because I don't know. It feels weird. That feels like something he would do. The whole the whole thing about him reminding him of uh, her reminding him of his mom. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. She impregnated a male field mouse. Mice remind me of Eloise, the mouse that Faraday has, who he also named after his mom, which is kind of <laughs> weird. <laughs> So Rachel is pregnant and she ends up having a son who she names Julian oh God. because because Juliet basically vanished off the place Look, of the off the face of the earth. This, that she, one hurt. She was only supposed to be gone for six months and she has no way to talk to her. Like she she went missing. Yeah, I don't think you understand how upset this makes me. Like it's so like it's such a shot to the heart when that reveal happens. Yeah, because really, oh my God! Imagine being Rachel. Your your sister changed your life gave you the thing that you didn't think you could ever have and that you've always wanted in your entire life. And you were so close with her. And you're the one who told her to take this oh, opportunity. Man. Yep. She goes and she never comes back. And so you name her your son after her because he's she's the one who gave him to you. And yeah, I mean. And she's nowhere to be So do you think she's considered a missing person? I think so. I don't know. But also, I have a I have a headcanon that mm-hmm. this this helps me sleep at night honestly about the situation <laughs> and it's that when Sawyer gets off the island, I like to think that he went to Rachel yeah. and told her, you know. Oh yeah, he would have heard about it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to think that the first thing he did was one go meet his daughter and two mm-hmm. find Rachel. I want That'd be nice. I want Aaron, Clementine and Julian to all be friends. Yes, me too. And Gian. Yes. That would be so cute. Yeah. Lost pin up both of the kids. Yes. Yeah. And then Walt's like just there being like a <laughs> babysitter. <laughs> okay. Is that PV stop? What is she? Oh, she's in she's the box. Just scratching stuff. How many cats do you guys have? Yeah, just two. Oh, okay. But it was just one. Toby is sitting in front of me. But it was just Kobe. It used to be just Kobe, and then we moved in with Emily, and she had a cat. Oh. Her name is Evie, and we love her. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So when Ethan shows up at the morgue, um, she thinks he's familiar. And, like, of course, you know, we, we wouldn't know this at this time. The writers didn't know this or whatever. She delivered him. As a baby. Yes. <gasps> yes, 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 yes. Oh my god, I forgot about that. She's like, that. you look familiar. Like a child I have once I, held. Have I seen <laughs> oh. you coming out of a vagina? <laughs> the the scene, that seems so funny that now that you bring it up. When Julia yeah. is holding him and she finds out that it's Ethan and she just dumps him back. and <laughs> She just gives him back to Amy. She's like, <laughs> She's like, ew. Yeah. And like, you know, you think like, ma'am, your baby's garbage. (laughs) Oh, well, like, you know, it's just a baby and everything. And like, oh, she thinks it's gross because Ethan was a bad man or whatever. But in reality, she knew Ethan as an adult for three years. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, who wouldn't be weirded out by that? Exactly. That's, yeah, it's true. Oh, oh God. So my next thing was that like the fact that Richard was the one who was sent for like for this, like for um, to go get Juliet means that this is really, really, really important. Because Richard doesn't just go... Richard doesn't leave mm-hmm. the island. He doesn't just go places for funsies, no, you know? Yeah. So it's like this, and then, like, when he goes to see Locke a bunch of times. And 
I also want to point out that uh, when in the next, uh, the next, is it one of us? Yeah, one of one of us. Yeah. Um, when we see the, the the footage of Rachel and Julian, we Ben says, "Okay, Richard, you can turn it off." Oh right, Richard. So yeah. Richard is the one like getting that footage, and I think he points. He's the one that points to the newspaper to show that it's real, that it's on the date. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's, yeah, he's in charge of that the, that whole thing. The Juliet thing. Yeah, my next thing was how did they get the bus to hit him? Mm-hmm. And I was like, is it like a, I was like, is it like a Jacob thing? Just like willing it into existence? Or I like the idea of it being, but then again, if it was Ethan or Richard or whatever, like, wouldn't they be in police custody at this point? They got away with it. <laughs> they got away with it. Because they know who was driving the bus. But they know who was driving the bus. I, I guess. So they have to like talk to him. No, but didn't the bus just like continue? Like it just whoever was driving just drove away. Really? I think so. Yeah, we see the we see the the we see, yeah. I gotta because I thought that it like it hit him. No, because no no because. And then like I just assumed that it stopped after that when everybody like ran up. No, because, well, I don't know. I I saw like you see the bus go and then you see Juliet yeah. look. Uh, that I feel like she's watching it go away. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, well then, if that's true, it definitely was Richard or Ethan. And also, if it's that's okay, let's say that it was Jacob. How okay. would like? I think it's too. You know, Juliet told Richard about the whole hitting mm-hmm. with a bus thing. Mm-hmm. How like that would be a big coincidence? Like that Richard happened to know, yeah. and then Jacob happened to know too, and then. Jacob did the thing, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I feel like it. Feel like it was uh, Richard. I like that. I'll I'll keep it. Okay. Flashback thoughts. Anybody anybody else yes. with flashback? I think I do. Yes. Go on. ahead. Um, yeah, because we had some things about like uh, their their marriage and stuff. You said you had some headcanons about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you 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 said you know that Juliet had to love him at, at some point, right, to marry him. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm yeah. thinking, this is something that I've always thought about her relationships, is that how unhealthy all of them are, you know, with Jack, with Ben, with Edmund. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think about her parents. Her parents got divorced. And they, they said, you know, this is when this is what she tells Sawyer, you know, just because we love each other doesn't mean that we're meant to be together. And that's what her parents tell yeah. her. So I feel like she has this weird idea of what a relationship is mm-hmm. and like what love is. I don't know. I feel and and it's not until she meets she's with Sawyer that that, that changes, but yeah i feel like maybe she when she met like she got with edmund and she didn't necessarily maybe she wasn't in love with him but because Mm -hmm. of this idea that she has of what a marriage is or whatever what a relationship is she just went with it because that's what she's seen from her parents right and like maybe you know he showed interest in her and you know there are people in the world who are just like okay well this is you know, if this is my option, then I'll take it. Right, exactly. Yeah, and she's like, we know how we know how shy she was, how shy, submissive. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe she just easily fell for it. Yeah, and she was just like, okay, well, if this man likes me, you know, maybe he's the only one, so I might as well. Maybe he's the only one, and so I'm. I might as well just do it. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. What I really want to know is how what happened that they they ended up in divorce yeah like because i don't think I, it doesn't feel to me that she was the kind of person to like snap maybe and be like okay yeah. enough she like maybe it was him I don't, I don't know yeah you got anything else for the flashbacks um i think I, ha- I had something about rachel but i don't really i think we talked about it It was the footage of uh okay oh right yeah, yeah. okay um so for the island stuff um ben wants to talk to her like after she's pacing outside he, he's like ben wants you and i'm like what else is new Oh ben, my god. Ben's the one being the weirdo. <laughs> Jack and Tom, and Tom is like introducing himself to Jack. They like later we see them like playing football together yes. and they actually kind of become friends, which I think is kind of sweet. And then 
Friendly says they've got history. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about the history then. Okay. Yeah. I, I Ben is being weird. Ben's a weirdo. Thanks. Yeah. And I think this is also a thought that I had about the alliance that you, you said that they like, you know, it's broken now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it was very close to also break when she finds out that he has cancer and mm-hmm. he goes, no, she goes to him and it's like, you know, if, if you can cure cancer, why do you have it? And then she's very worried about her sister. And and that's when she like slaps the glass out of his hand. And I feel like that was a moment where he almost loses her as a, as a, you know what I mean? I forgot the word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, but then as an ally, ally, there you go. And then he will show her the footage. But I think, I feel like their relationship was already like almost at the point. Right. He has so many things in his back pocket to be able to like reel her back in. Mm-hmm. And this was like the final straw that like the only thing that I have left is to tell her that she can go home. Or like maybe he had more things and she was like, no. Like every time he was like, well, what about this? And she's like, no. And so it's like, that was his last straw. That's that was his last resort. Mm-hmm. We see a brief history of time again in The Man from Tallahassee. It's on Ben's bookshelf. Oh. And so I'm like, is this the kind of books that Ben likes? Adam, <laughs> sorry, I don't want to read it. <laughs> How does Adam Adam even know what Ben likes to I know. Read? Like what? I'm going to pretend that Ben like lent this book to Aldo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then Stephen Hawking and Eloise share the same last name. Um, and then Eloise, of course, is aware of time travel and oversees the lamppost. So like science, you yeah. know. Ben, oh, Ben's in surgery and Aldo, like, it doesn't seem like he knows. Like, Danny knows that Ben's in surgery, but it doesn't seem like Aldo knows. And, um, because he's like, okay, well, I'll talk to your dad. That's fine. Yeah, Walt was kept here. Did they try and mind control him? He seemed fine. We talked about this already. Okay. Um, all right. Oh, wait. This is my Carl thoughts. I want to see if I have anything else other than the Carl thoughts, because my Carl thoughts are going to take a long time. Okay, I have have some things if you you want to talk about. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, when when we were talking about how much the others actually know Juliet and how what they feel, how they feel about her. I wonder if they know about her and Goodwin. And that's why maybe like, like she was having she was having this affair. Do they like not trust her? Like look at her weirdly because of it? I just, I wonder if they know about Ben's attachment to her and they probably know that Juliet doesn't like it and that she like, she's stuck here and you know, they probably know about Juliet and Goodwin and they also know that Goodwin is now dead. Yeah. Uh huh. So like, don't get too close to Juliet, I guess. Oh, <laughs> oh God. And then uh, I have something about Stranger. Why do I have something about Stranger and Strange? Oh, because um, I think, I don't remember which one said, which one of you said that uh, she doesn't really get in trouble for killing Danny, but then Strangers in a Strange Line is about, it's all about that. Like the on-island on stuff is her getting in trouble and almost getting killed because of it, because she killed one of her own. Well, oh, you're right. She, See, I thought that she was in trouble in Stranger in a Strange Land for asking Jack to kill Ben. No, I think it was because of- Because, because she kills Danny- she kills Danny at the, like, request of Ben because Ben, like, needs them to get gone or whatever. But they probably do say, like, for killing Danny. I think it w- I just, like, for some reason, I remember it as, like, she her getting punished for almost getting Ben killed. Now, uh, now we have to pay attention because I don't, I, I, I yeah. really think it was because of Danny, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then talking about Stranger in a Strange Land, we were talking about who would be the second in command if uh, Ben is not available. And we talked about Friendly, right. we talked about Danny. But what about, like, if, if, if uh, Danny's dead? Then it's unavailable. We say, okay, friendly. Yeah. But in Stranger in a Strange Land is this woman that we, Isabel. Oh, right. That never, she never comes back, ever. And she never comes back. So stupid. It's like, she's, oh, she's here because Ben is like, 
not he's like recovering or whatever and mm-hmm. she's like the one in charge of the whole Juliet thing and it's like who are like, you like ultimately yeah like ultimately it would probably be Richard and then he would choose whoever was the next person exactly. but like I'm also like what about B what about Clue yeah you know maybe mm-hmm. she could do it I don't know but yeah and then the last thought that I have is what you said about what I think Juliet is thinking when she sees mm-hmm. when she's looking yeah right I don't know if I don't know my thought is more about what she's feeling when she is seeing Sawyer and Kate leave right and I think it parallels you know all the times that she's almost left and right, right. she wants to leave yeah mm-hmm. like uh you know, when, when in season four with the helicopter, she she, she sees the helicopter. She's like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna finally get out of here!" And with the with the freighter, with the and then the the sub in season five, she's so close. That's the closest right. she's ever been. Oh my god, she never actually gets to leave the island. No, she doesn't. No, no, that's yeah. She doesn't she get on the freighter. The she doesn't even get on the freighter. No, and she doesn't get a on the freighter because she herself is like she this is why why i love her so much she's so selfless because she tells faraday i'm not gonna get on that boat until i get everybody off this island she like you don't even know these people why yeah. are you doing that for people that you don't even know mm-hmm. and then the the look that she has on her face when she sees kate and sawyer leave on the boat is the same one that she has when she is when she leaves the submarine and she like she looks back in, se- in season five and she looks this right. sub she sees the sub uh, go into the water and leave, and it's like, oh, well, you know, again, I can't, I, I, I'm stuck here again. Right, once again, I'm watching other people leave, and I'm not doing it. Yeah. Also, another thing, this is last one, I think, <laughs> but I, I did I did notice that she says, when uh, when she's with Rachel, she says it worked. When when she, yeah. uh, when oh, Rachel says yeah? that she's pregnant, she's like, it worked. Yeah. It's a parallel. I mean, I don't know if it's a coincidence or, or on purpose, but it's a parallel to her to her saying it worked. When she's dying and then in the flash sideways. And Miles. Yeah. Yeah. My next thing was that, like, Jack's like, promise you'll never come back for me. And Kate immediately turns around <sighs> to go back. Oh, don't get me started on Kate and her actions. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Juliet gets there um, six days before 9-11. And I don't know if she even knows about it because later when we see her with Harper, like, which is like a few days after she gets here, like, she's like nothing is different and it doesn't seem like anybody knows about it and i know like like i said this show isn't about 9 11 so like they're not gonna like bring it up probably or anything but like i just yeah like i'm like does she even know i feel like the only reason that i feel like maybe they know is because ben knows things like he knew who's who's president who knows he knows who won the the world series like he knows facts about what's happening in the real world he's like he says something like we have tv something i don't know he says something like that right yeah yeah so maybe they do know but I don't know. Okay. Okay, let's talk about Carl. Okay, I'm excited. (laughs) Okay, so I'm like, okay, where did Carl come from? He's the only other freaking teen. And so I'm like, okay, is he the son of somebody like Ben was? Was he born here like Alex and Ethan? Where did he come from? And so I went onto his Lostpedia page. I was like, there's so many like re- like things that it could be. And um, a bunch of people had, like he has his own theories page. And on the theories page, it doesn't say who wrote these theories. These theories are not canon. Um, I just picked out the ones that I thought were interesting. Okay, so this one says, it's likely that Carl and Alex are the only teenage others since the incident made it impossible for babies conceived on the island to be carried to term. Unless there were more frequent instances of pregnant women or young children arriving on the island, there would be much fewer others under the age of 27. This could have isolated them and account for the fact that Carl is at odds with the others. And also like, you know, it's like Claire, uh claudia who came um jacob's mom uh, danielle and then claudia who was was killed by alice and janney and basically like that's kind of it oh alice and janney why did you do that? <laughs> it said 
Carl is either a doctor in training or an aide to those who are doctors because he developed and brought Ben's x-rays to Juliet. Hmm. Um, and then it said the brainwashing he was being tormented with in room 23 was meant to cause him to turn against Alex and or the castaways. So we kind of guessed that. Then we were like, maybe, or this is another theory. Carl was kidnapped as a child. His real parents are dead and he was given to an other to be raised oh, wow. just like Alex. Ooh, that's, that's compelling. <laughs> I like, I'm like, that seems like the closest thing to me because he's so against the others. Yeah. Who the hell are his parents? And so here's the next theory that, okay, I don't know if I subscribe to this one, but it said that his father is Goodwin. Uh, Carl says that he and Alex used to lay in his backyard and name the stars. Therefore, Carl is most likely the son of one of the others. Goodwin is a likely candidate since he is about the right age to have a teenage son. And with him being dead, there's no longer anyone looking out for Wait, Carl. So would that make Carl, uh, oh, what's her face? The therapist. Yeah, exactly. But then the next person said, but if his father is Goodwin, that means his mother would be Harper, which right. means there is someone looking out for him. So I'm like, I don't know about that one. That one's yeah. interesting, but I don't know. Then it said, I, I assume that these are different people putting in these different theories, but once again, it doesn't say who wrote them, so I can't give anybody credit, but um, this says, since it appears that children conceived on the island can't be carried to term, Carl was probably conceived and maybe even born in the outside world and then brought to the island as a small child or while still in his mother's womb. His biological parents were Dharma researchers who died in the purge, but he was adopted and raised by the others in much the same way that Alex was and Ethan, I think. Wait, you already... Um, right, right, no, you're right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, these are all completely different, like, separate theories, so yeah. some of the theories might be um like confusing to the other ones but yeah i'm, I'm just thinking about the timeline because obviously we ethan was yeah. born there because the incident hadn't happened yet but like carl's too young he had he had to yeah. happen after well like when we see them later ben and ethan like there's a like you know ben's like an adult by the time that the purge happens you know and um ethan's like already like a kid right when we see him like taking alex away Ethan's like a teen yeah and so I'm like if Carl was like just born after the purge like that's after the incident so that it would have to be Dharma people bringing him in like a mom who was pregnant coming to the island and then like Carl would have had to like maybe just been born right before the purge because like just like a little bit after the purge is when they take Alex I think you're right because like Ben was like with the others for a while before they went to get Alex and Alex and Carl are the same age. Yeah, I don't think yeah, there's no way he was born so on you're the right. island. It's not possible. Yeah, I agree. Um okay, so this other theory says Alex and possibly Charlotte and Miles were born on the island to non-others. Maybe Carl was also a Dharma baby. Carl could have been in a similar similar in situation to Ethan, born on the island or come at a young age and was conditioned into joining the others. Carl is much younger than Ethan, however, so this may have happened later on in the timeline. Carl also could have been born in a similar situation as Aaron, uh, Alex, and Jacob and, man, and the Man in Black, born on the island to a pregnant woman who was stranded there. Carl doesn't seem to think there's anything strange about their world, which indicates that he was there all his life. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I really don't think that he was born there. I think it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, I think he was probably, I think it was the same situation as, like, Ben. Or, like, yeah. younger, you know, he he, he right. was brought there maybe when was he like was a toddler like, or asked a toddler as a kid, yeah. So the last one that I picked out on the theories page was the others are also not above kidnapping children since it became uh -huh. obvious after the incident that their population was endangered and recruiting newcomers from the outside risked exposing their world. It's possible they kidnapped children or bought trafficked babies on the black market. Oh, Christ. oh my God. Okay. I was like, that one's too far. Okay. That's too dark. Like, let's, let's just steal children. Let's not <laughs> buy them. Why would they even think of that? Like how, who thinks of that? I know. I'm like, 
And it's like, ooh, let me write this down. For some reason, like my brain, my brain is like, okay, stealing children. That seems like something they would do. But then I was like, black market, yikes. Because then you have to give money to bad people. Yeah. Well, you know, you know who would probably, okay, now I'm thinking, when um, Ben gets Alex, the one who's in charge is Whitmore. I wouldn't pass, yes. I wouldn't put it past Whitmore to do something like that. To, yeah, 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 I agree. But other than him, no. Yeah, like Richard probably would be like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, it's clear that Alex and Carl are the only kids, right? So it's not like they kept doing it. Like, I wonder if they, like, took Alex and they were like, she needs a friend. And then they, <laughs> <laughs> and they like, went and stole one. But then Richard was like, let's not steal babies anymore. Yeah, yeah. But- and it just happened that they ended up being compatible, which I love for them. That's so funny. They're so Romeo and Juliet. I love them. Okay. Okay, that's all I have. Um, do you have anything else on your on your list there, Maria? I don't. Biddy? Nope. All right. Um, what an episode. Uh, I had the best time. I yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, I, I yeah, I just love talking to you guys. I think, you know, it's I love talking about Lost in general, but talking to people who love it as much as you do. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's it's so cool. I remember like when we became friends because of this podcast, I was like, it really feels like Maria gets me. <laughs> I was always like, Maria is always on my level and I love that about her. <laughs> I am looking forward to our next podcast episode together, which is... Cabin Fever, I think. I is think it? it's it's definitely in season four. I think it's Cabin Fever. I think you're Fever. right. I think it is Cabin Fever. Because I, I wanted to have a, a lock episode. Yeah, it's Cabin Fever. I, he wasn't in this episode at all. At all. So I, I, yeah, I need, yeah, I need to talk about him. You need to cool. come and talk to him. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, if you guys want to follow Maria, which I recommend, um, you can check oh, out God. the links or her her stuff in in the description um you can follow me personally at robin e jeffrey that's r-o-b-y-n-e-j-e-f-f-r-e-y pretty much everywhere and you can follow me on twitter at britannia which is b-r-i-t-t-a-n-i-a with an underscore at the end uh like we said feel free to check out our patreon that link is going to be in the description as well um and we also are still i assume we still have some uh stickers left we are selling them individually and as packs um and like i said shipping is free for that so uh go check it out we'll write you like a nice note that says hi thank you you're the best so if you want one of those (laughs) you should uh you should grab one yeah thanks for joining us for this episode i look forward to the next one um okay love you bye okay love you bye Tell him I said hi. Get to the point. Thank you so much for listening to our spoiler sections. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Thank you to the creators and community of Lostpedia, of course. Our spoiler song was composed and produced by Francis Neves. Stay tuned for more spoiler sections coming to you every Friday in October. While you're waiting for season four, we've got some other podcasts. If you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show too. We did seasons four to seven as they were airing, and we're going back to do seasons one to three. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. We have coverage of all six seasons so far. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. We have coverage of the first three seasons and season four is coming in 2023. You can follow at the Aficionados all over the place. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. You can follow Brittany on Twitter at Britannia with an underscore at the end. All of our guests' socials will be included in the description. And if you like what we do here, please consider donating at our Patreon, patreon.com slash the We appreciate you guys all so much. Okay, love you. Bye.